0: It is a joy to have each and every one of you here this morning. Please turn with me in your hymnals to number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together, number 549. in the hymnal number six hundred and seventy seven shout to the lord o earth work for the lord with gladness and enter his presence with singing understand that the lord is god we are his for he made us his people the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with confession his courtyards with praise confess him and honor his name the lord is good His kindness endures. His faith never ends. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 325, Crown Him with Many Crowns. 325, Crown Him with Many Crowns. prayer this morning. Our gracious God, we are so grateful to be together to worship you this morning. And Lord, we come before you with our needs and requests that we have in our lives. The aches and the pains physically, the aches and the pains emotionally, the aches and the pains spiritually. And Lord, we know that you are aware of those needs in our lives. You're aware of those aches and pains that we have, and Lord, we just lay them before you right now. God, for each and every one of us, we'd ask that your healing hand would be upon all of those aches and pains. And as we reach out to you, Lord, and as we feel your presence and your spiritual touch, we know that you are healing us right now. God, we are open to that healing, not because of anything that we have done, but because of the grace and the love that you have provided to each and every one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we lift up the needs and the aches and pains of family members and of friends and of those throughout this medical center that are watching us, Lord. We lift them up to you as well. We'd ask that in the same way that you would reach up and that you would touch them, and heal them in the same way. And God, we are so grateful. We do not take for granted our relationship with you. We do not take for granted this opportunity that we have to worship. And Lord, we just want to be thankful and we want to praise you in all things as we commit this time. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Number 140, there shall be showers of blessing. perfection this morning but we keep trying right we keep trying our scripture reading this morning is found in first timothy chapter 3 beginning with verse 16 although i hope to come to you soon i am writing you these instructions so that if i am delayed you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in god's household which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by the angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Amen let us pray God we are so thankful that you have been accepting our worship and Lord we know that we can never worship you perfectly but in all things Lord you always want us to try and so God as we're trying we know that that worship is being accepted because you know it is done with an open heart with an open spirit of true love and devotion to you Help me now I pray. In Christ's name. Amen. I don't know about you, but I like to watch TV every once in a while, and one of my favorite TV shows is anything that has a mystery. You know, perhaps a Sherlock's home movie or a detective movie such as Columbo, things like that, where there's a mystery. There's there's something involved in terms of the plot, in terms of who done it. And anytime you watch a Sherlock Holmes mystery or a Charlie Chan mystery, in fact, we were watching a couple of Charlie Chan movies this past week, and you're always trying to figure out who done it, because there's a mystery here, and the mystery in terms of who has committed the crime or crimes needs to be solved. And that keeps our attention, because I think all of us are trying to find a conclusion to the mysteries that we see before us, whether it's in television, whether it's in our own lives, we try to figure out some of the things that happen to us that appears to us to be a mystery. Something in which we're not exactly sure what happened but we know the event took place and we're trying to figure out who done it. Who is responsible? Who is the person ultimately responsible for the things that have taken place in our lives where we don't know? the source of that mystery who done it when we think about our lives spiritually a lot of times we see things that take place as we're following god's will and we're trying to figure out lord who done it we're trying to figure out that mystery that of the spirit that takes place in our lives the mystery that many times we struggle and we try to find a way to understand it but yet We seem not to be able to. The scriptures that we have read this morning points to the fact that the mystery that we believe in is the mystery of Jesus Christ. And it points out here in the mystery that that godliness springs from that mystery. That godliness within our own lives. That godliness that God wants us to have. But I think when we think of godliness, I don't think we think of it as a mystery. We think of it as being something that can be restrictive, that is unattractive. We think it's going to interfere with our lives, that we will not see a personal benefit from godliness. But yet we see as followers of Jesus Christ, The mystery of Christ's life. The mystery of his birth. The mystery of his life. The mystery of his death. The mystery of his burial. The mystery of his resurrection. The mystery of his ascension. And even when we read accounts of the information that is available to us, of Christ's life, there still is a mystery. There still is a mystery of those things that we do not know about. There's still a mystery of understanding really the concept of Christ in our lives. At least it appears to be that way to us. God has reminded us again and again that if we want to have the best possible relationship with Him, that we need to have godliness. And it is a godliness in which we are willing to do it because we realize within our own lives that it is the best thing for us, that it is the best remedy for every situation that we are in to act with godliness. And being godly is not being self-righteous it's not being better than someone else godliness is a condition of the heart and the mind and the soul and the spirit it's a condition about how we want to live our lives and it, it is not restrictive it is not unattractive godliness gives us the opportunity to be the person that God wants us to be. Without any type of pretenses, without hiding anything, without any type of selfish personal motivation or gain, godliness is the way that we should be attempting to live out our lives on a regular basis. In fact, uh, Lynn was telling me about an article this past week about the whole idea that you and I need to get seven or nine hours of sleep every night because the seven hours, seven to nine hours of sleep makes us a better person, makes us function better, makes us to be able to see things and give us a different perspective in our lives. One of the things that they've been able to find out in terms of the physiology of the brain is that when we sleep seven to nine hours a night, it gives the brain an opportunity to wash out some of those proteins and enzymes that may contribute to Alzheimer's, that may contribute to the loss of memory. And the article has nothing to do with any kind of mystery, it was giving the factual information that this is good for you and that you need to do it. It makes you a better person. In fact, people that go without sleep actually experience almost an intoxication as though you were on drugs and alcohol because it impedes your thought process. It impedes your ability to communicate effectively. So there's a practical application to things that within our own lives that we can see the benefit from. And getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night is one in which you will personally benefit. But not only that, all the relationships that you have with the people that you have will see you in a different light, will see you functioning better, will see you not being so irritable and angry or depressed. But yet when we think about the whole idea of being godly before God, of having godliness. There's an immediate opposition to that because it may want us to change some behaviors in our lives. But, you know, the article was talking about the fact that if you get that seven to nine hours of sleep, you will see the benefit of changing your behavior to get the sleep that you need every night. This morning, the scriptures remind us that we need to change our behavior in the area of godliness. That we need to have true godliness. That we need to respond to God and to each other with that conduct and those actions that please God. But in the process, we do get a benefit from godliness. We do get a practical benefit of applying the applications of the truth of what we believe in, in Jesus Christ. We do get a practical understanding that as we believe in God in faith, as we believe in many of the things in Christ's life that appears to be a mystery in terms of understanding the Spirit of God, understanding the power of God, we see that we fall short But yet God tells us spiritual life with Him is attainable through our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But that spiritual life is attainable only if we are on the path of godliness. Only if we are on that path in our desire to do the best things that we can for God. Doing the right thing. Telling others about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sharing the love and the grace that God has given you. When we think about the practical application of the love and the grace that God gives us, I think sometimes we feel that that grace and that love that God gives us is only a spoonful of at a time and that is not correct the grace that God gives us is a full ocean is a full ocean of capacity of grace, of love and forgiveness and he wants for us to swim in it he wants for us to bathe in it He wants for us to be in it all the time and to experience the healing powers of being in God's grace, of being in God's love. God doesn't give out that grace and that love and that forgiveness to you by the spoonful or by the drop. He gives it to you in the form of an ocean. And He wants you to bathe in it. He wants you to swim in it. He doesn't want you to hold anything back. Because if God did, then his love for us would be unconditional. And God's love for each and every one of us is unconditional for you and for me. There is no condition set upon it. God gives us all the grace and all the love and all the forgiveness that we need. And he doesn't hold anything back. And if we think of just the scripture verse of John 3:16, For God so loved the entire world, He didn't hold anything back. He didn't say only this part of the world do I love, or this city, or this province, or this state, or this town, or this house. He said all of the world. He didn't hold anything back. And it is in that mystery of godliness that God reminds us not to hold anything back in our relationship with Him. And we do hold things back. You and I are aware of the fact that we hold things back in our relationship with God. And God keeps on working with us to be more open to Him, to not have those pretenses, to not have those barriers, to not have those things that truly do separate us from the completeness of understanding God's love for our lives. And as we think about the whole idea of godliness, one of the things that is there is the whole idea of being committed to that godliness. And we talked a little bit about this last week. The whole idea to be committed to the life of godliness. And God does have an expectation for us. If you have come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there is an expectation that you will begin that process, that discipleship process, to know more about God, to draw closer to God, to understand more about Him, to have a spiritual life that is growing, that is maturing, that is not stagnant but it is always moving forward in progress towards having a deeper understanding about God, a deeper understanding of your own personal relationship. And you know where that is. I know where mine is. And I know that I have a long way to go. I know that I have a long way to process and to progress. And that that journey will never end until I am with Him in eternity but it is in that godliness that we see that as the foundation of the church that foundation is understanding that we reflect godliness each of us represents God's church each of us represent the church of Jesus Christ when we are together but also when we are apart And it is in that that we have a responsibility and an expectation that we will maintain that truth. But you and I both know that we cannot maintain that truth within our own understanding, within our own intellectual exercises. And that's where that mystery takes place within our own lives. That mystery of what we believe in. The fact that Christ came here, the Son of God. And that he lived out a perfect life. That he lived out a life of perfection so that when he was sacrificed, when he was put to death for your sins and my sins, that part of God's understanding of being reconciled with him would take place through his son Jesus Christ. And yes, it is a mystery for us. But yet when we think about that, we understand that in our lives, when we look at a mystery, when we look at who done it, we know that there is an answer. And that answer is found in our belief in Jesus Christ. Because we know that God did it. We know that God took his son, gave him that life. It was the presence of God. It was God in human form. And it is a mystery for us to understand that. The Trinity is a mystery to us. In terms of being God, being the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But yet it is something that we take and we believe in because we have seen it work within our own lives. When we've seen and understood that within our own lives, the relevance of our walk with Him, the relevance of following Jesus Christ, the relevance of the application for it within our own personal lives. And it is something that we take with faith. But yet when we follow God's path of godliness When we follow the truth that God has given us When we see that truth for our lives We truly become the person that God wants us to be And maybe it is a day-to-day struggle I know it is for me But even within that day-to-day struggle, our goal should only be to follow God and to have that godliness of truth incorporated in our lives. And we are going to make mistakes. We are imperfect. We are going to say and do things that do not reflect as though we're following Jesus Christ. But you know what? It is a mystery That even when we do those things, God still loves us and accepts us just for the way that we are. And that God's grace for us, God's love for us, God's forgiveness for us, is so abundant that there's no reason why you and I can't be examples of that truth. That you and I can't be the examples of that truth that represents the church of Jesus Christ, that brings others to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that brings others to that saving knowledge of that godliness, for them to be on that same path, so they can experience the joy and the peace of mind and the life that you have in the Spirit with God, as you have experienced So when we think about the mystery of God in our lives, it truly is a mystery. I don't have to look very far to see a mystery, and that's just me. I don't understand why God decided one day that he would send his spirit into my life and convict me of my sin and the realization that I was separated from him and that I needed to come to know Jesus Christ as my personal savior. That is a mystery to me. It is a mystery to me that God still loves me even though I've made a lot of mistakes. There are a lot of things that I've done in my life that are wrong and I regret saying and doing many things. But yet God extends that mystery to me. He extends that ocean of grace, that ocean of forgiveness, that ocean of love. And He tells me to come and swim in it in spirit. Come and swim in it in truth. Come and bathe in it in my presence. Because it is always there. For me to be a godly person is a mystery. But it is only through God's strength and God's spirit working in my life that that godliness can be achieved. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion within our own lives. And God, we have this wonderful opportunity to publicly say as a church that we want to follow that godliness. And Lord, within that public testimony of the communion, it is a mystery. But yet we believe. We believe in that mystery. We believe in faith of that truth. We believe that in all things we are trusting you because it does go beyond our own understanding. And Lord, we thank you for this time of communion that we can have to be a testimony of that godliness of truth. In Christ's name, amen. for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us protect together. Our closing hymn this morning is number 137, Jesus, I love thee. Number 137, my Jesus... I love thee. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you've reminded us that you want us to be committed to you in all godliness because that is the way to walk. That is the way to follow you. That is the path that you want us to be on. And God, help us to do that because it is a mystery and we cannot do it without your strength and without the power of your spirit in our lives. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.